episode 45, Matt Young, co-founder, Comfort Research. Welcome to Gut Plus Science, analytics about people, insights for executives, truth you can act on, a high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, it's Nikki, and we're back on Gut Plus Science, and today I'm talking about company core values that truly impact culture. Today, I've got Matt Young with me. Matt Young is the co-founder of Comfort Research, an innovative furniture company with humble college dorm room beginnings. Starting with one beanbag chair in 1996, the company has gone on to sell millions of units with multiple offices nationwide. Early in his career, Matt was fortunate enough to link up with a business partner who taught him the power of organizational culture. However, simply being aware of culture and actually building one from the ground up are two entirely different things. In their attempts to forge a thriving culture, they failed over and over, but one day everything clicked. They accidentally unlocked the secret to creating culture-defining core values, and it turns out it can be done by following four simple rules. So take a listen with us. We're going to jump in with a sponsor real quick. We'll be right back with Matt. Purplelink's customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purplelinkllc.com. That's purpleinklc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy-Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Matt Young, welcome to Gut Plus Science. Let's get to it. So you're real passionate about culture. Where does that come from? You know, been pretty lucky in uh, my career that uh, early on got connected with a business partner and George Julius, who had some prior experience at a couple of different companies where he really felt strongly that the one of the biggest differentiating factors for that organization was their culture. And so from an early stage in uh, you know my career, uh, that input, that uh, idea had always uh, been there, although we never really knew what to do about it until we started growing and we brought more leadership on, saw the importance of, uh, you know, uh, of culture. And then how do we start trying to affect it and falling on our faces and screwing things up and getting it wrong and finally getting to a place where it was right? I've seen the positive effects just be absolutely enormous to where I've come to believe that it is kind of become our secret sauce. I love that. And I love the concept of failing forward, you know, try stuff, mess up, learn how to do it. Awesome. And so today you suggest having a system for your company culture. What does that mean? Yeah. So that was the part that was very challenging for us. So, you know, again, have a business partner that's always talked about, uh, you know, culture, but he was never part of culture creation. It was all around culture, you know, maintenance. He came into these organizations where, in his words, he just had to not screw it up. Well, we're trying to create one. And, you know, we really started probably as most companies do. And uh, we identified, you know, the 10 core values that we had, which is all a bunch of bull, right? I mean, how can you really be all 10 things? How is that really? you know, your core. And um, so I'll, I'll skip ahead to the system piece, but that's a huge part of the story is how do you get to and identify a set of core values that is really core, that is really unique to, to you. 
And, you know, one of my beliefs is don't do 10. You know, most companies do that seven to 12 core values and they're going to be, you know, awesome to the customer and they're going to be innovative. And it's just this laundry list of, you know, we would be awesome if words as opposed to really being core. So Matt, let's, let's hop into your core values at Comfort Research. What are they and why did you choose them? Yeah, so in the beginning, uh, when we first started down the path of trying to identify a set of, uh, you know, core values, we did what most, uh, you know, companies did. Uh, you know, we had 10 different uh, core values and we were going to be fun. We were going to be innovative. We we're going to be awesome to the customer. We're going to be awesome to our vendors and we were going to be great place to work and all these things. And we were talking about it uh, with a, uh, a tour that we were doing. And I got to like maybe number eight. And as I got to number eight of the 10 core values, I couldn't even remember it. And that's pretty embarrassing when you're so proudly talking about uh, your core values and you can't even remember uh, the core values. So if we as leaders cannot remember core values, how the heck can they be core? How the heck can that be part of driving the organization, which that's what core values are there for, is to guide and align and and drive the organization. So that really started us down a, a path of trying to you know, really find a better way to identify a true set of core values. What was unique, you know, to us? And so our path was one where got frustrated with something that just wasn't working for us, wasn't personal, you know, to us, and just started seeking. And I really wish I could share a better process or system for people to go out and identify a good set of core values. For us, it was just tripping up, trying things, redoing it, redoing it again, redoing it again, because it just wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't working. And it just happened to be that we were in a meeting with uh, our advisory board. And one of the guys on our advisory board, he says, you know, you guys just find a better way to do stuff. And, you know, didn't really think much about it. And that night I woke up and I was like, holy crap. He just gave us our one of our core values, man. Find a better way. We're trying to find a better way in all that we're doing. We're trying to find a better way to make a beanbag. We're trying to find a better way to identify our core values. We're trying to find a better way to do our strategic plan. We're trying to find a better way to like make awesome product. And so that really, you know, really rung true. And then I could I could not uh, sleep. I'm just you know spinning around in my head. I'm like. What are some of the other things that we kind of are just doing and we have some type of lexicon that we're, you know, referring to? And I kept on coming back to expectations and having high expectations of ourselves. And so I just wrote down, expect the best. So the next day I came in uh, to my business partner, Chip, and uh, I was like, Chip, what do you think? I think I've got uh, two of our core values. Find a better way and expect the best. And he just looks at me and Chip's pretty laid back, dude. And he's like, and we want to do the right thing. I was like, yeah, that was it. You know, so for us, we just kind of fell into this, uh, you know, thing. But one of the things that I've come to believe is that what we fell into is we identified something that was very personal, right? Find a better way, expect the best, do the right thing. Those were personal things to us that we were living anyways. It wasn't like this. You know, it'd be really cool if stuff, they were memorable, right? Because they're pretty short. Having only, uh, you know, a couple of 
words makes it uh, m- makes it easier to uh, you know remember. And then we we went with only three. So there's this nice rhythm that we can uh, you know uh, use of having just uh, the three three core values. And again, we always felt that the only purpose of these things are to guide and align us together as a group. And so that really felt uh, true. And ever since we were able to identify those, we have not looked back. It is, uh, those have been uh, the, the, the core values. A lot of other things have changed, but those core values have absolutely remained the same. Very cool. I like hearing the journey on how you got there. And I think it speaks to, this is not something that happens in an afternoon retreat. Like you bring in a consultant, they walk you through a process and then here's your core values. You know, it's so much more of a process. Do you want to elaborate on that at all for listeners that are, you know, wanting to get there? Like, you know, just understanding that this is not an afternoon. Don't do what you just said. Cause we did. <laughs> and it sucked. We did probably what 90, you know, percent plus of companies, uh, you know, do out there when trying to identify or set a core values, you know, it was part of our first initial strategic plan. And it's like, okay, you got to have your vision. You got to have your mission and you got to have your core values. These are all elements of a great strategic plan. And we roundtabled it. And what happens uh, when you roundtable, uh, you know, that stuff, people get really passionate. We are this, or we want to be, you know, that. And as a you know leader, you want to be inclusive, and so we made the you know the mistake of saying you know what let's take all of that and we're just going to pile it all up you know in we're all of those uh, you know things, but it's just not true. Um, it can't be uh, true. You can't be seven things. It can't be ten things. It can't be twelve things. That is not core when you get uh, you know beyond a certain uh, you know uh, a certain number, which I believe it's four. Don't do more than four core values. Every time, uh, you know, I see something that's more than four, like even if like company does a good job and gets to five, usually one of those is duplicative in some way, but round tabling it and trying to be, uh, you know, inclusive is great. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, seeking, uh, you know, input, but it's not a democracy. And especially when it comes to, uh, you know, core values, you need to seek that input. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the leaders of that organization, whether it's the owners or the, the CEO, the CEO needs to kind of make that final call and make sure that it is identified in a very clear and concise uh, manner. And it must start at the top. Core values and culture cannot be a bottom-up uh, you know, initiative. It's got to start with the, the top. The leadership must lead the core value implementation and ideation. I couldn't agree more. And it's also something you can't delegate. Like we're going to bring in a firm to help us make this happen. You know, absolutely not. So I, I love that you made that point. So I, um, I know that myself and also the listeners are dying to know. So what are the three core values of comfort research? So our three core values are, uh, are, are simple. Find a better way, expect the best and do the right thing. Love it. And it's very easy for everybody to remember. Yeah, they're easy to remember. Uh, you know, we use uh, acronyms with them. We're able to, you know, reinforce them in a uh, very simple way. And, and we they're true to us. We live them. So we've hit on a couple of things that the typical companies or typical leaders do around core values that don't work. Are there some other things that you'd like to expand on as far as what's unimportant? What's unimportant is trying to be everything to everybody. I think that's what uh, people get confused, uh, you know, with. 
you know, one of the, you know, the things for us is we want to be a great place uh, to work, but we let everybody know that doesn't mean we're a great place to work for everybody. You can't be, you know, if you're trying to be a great place, uh, you know, for, for everybody, then you're missing out on the people that are, you know, culture adds and can, can, can build, uh, you know, for you. So, you know, the example that I like to use is that if you're the type of person that wants to come, uh, you know, in and, you know, do the same thing and work out this perfect process and you're going to just work that process day after day after day after day, you're going to hate it here because guess what? We're going to find a better way. One of our core values, our number one core value, find a better way is going to disrupt that process because we're going to try to find a better way to do that process. We're going to try to find a better way to, to do something else. We're going to introduce something new. And that is constantly, uh, you know, happening. And don't try to be everything to everybody. It's okay to piss some people off, to not be awesome for every, uh, you know, buddy. Because if you're not, you're not being true to yourself. And if you're not being true to yourself and the, your core values, then you're, you're not doing anything with core values. And I think this is a good time to remind people that there is such a such thing as positive turnover. You want to speak to that a little bit? We don't really have a lot of uh, turnover because we put so much effort into the hiring process. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is not, uh, you know, me. It is totally come from our culture concierge where she has made sure that People understand, uh, you know, our culture and it's built into the interview questions. It's built into the interview process. So by the time they are, you know, getting an offer, there is very high level of confidence that they are going to fit our, our culture. Good point. So culture concierge, tell us more. Yeah, well, you know, I really hate the term, you know, human resources. I mean, it's, you know, turned into kind of like they're the the watchdog or something. And I've never, I've never really, uh, you know, liked it until three years ago. We didn't really have anybody that was leading, uh, you know, kind of that part of the business. And so we wanted to make sure that we were serving up our culture in a better and better way. And so what better way to, to do that than as, as a service. And so Becky Plue, our culture concierge, that is her role. She is here to, you know, serve up our culture and improve it tomorrow better than it is today. So let's circle back to the systems conversation that we were starting with, because I thought it was really unique when I was learning more about you and your company and just how you guys do culture. What does the system for company culture look like? What is all, what, what are the components of that? So we really struggled, you know, in the, you know, in the beginning, first identifying the, the set of core values. But, you know, once we got there and we had the set of core values, it's like, well, great. Now, how are we going to go about reinforcing it? And so just like anything, uh, you know, in business, you can put a system and a process behind it, even something soft and squishy like culture. And so we just started by saying, you know what, we are going to reinforce, uh, find a better way. And so the way that we did that, it's like, we're going to create an award, right? What we kind of did is um, just took that find a better way core value and said, anybody can make any suggestion to find a better way at the, this company. And we want to celebrate that and, and thank them. And so somebody submits an, a fab idea, as we call it, 
to find a better way to improve a process or cost savings or create a new system or, or you know, improve our culture, whatever it may be, doesn't matter. Make a suggestion. But we also didn't want to be a suggestion box company. And, and you know the type I mean, you know, the little wooden box with the padlock on it because God forbid somebody steals the suggestion. I never really understood that. But what happens there is at that suggestion box company, Somebody comes in, if, if they even have the you know guts to, to do it, you know, they drop their idea in the suggestion box and then, you know, months later they're standing around the water cooler talking to their buddy and like, yeah, those idiots in management didn't take my suggestion. I told them to do that. They didn't do anything with it. It's like, how do you make sure that everybody's part of the implementation of that? How do you make them part owner in that suggestion? And so the way that we did it is we said, okay, make a suggestion. We're going to vote on uh, what is the best uh, idea. And then based on uh, that vote, we're going to give it, you know, an award. So now we've got a real life person with a real life uh, solution on how they're finding a better way to do something. And what we do is at an all company meeting, we bring that uh, person up, we celebrate them, we thank them, we give everybody the example, the real life example of what this person did to find a better way. And we give them an oversized check. We take a picture with them. So that picture then goes up on our wall of fab where that example continues to live on with that person. And so continue to reinforce uh, real life examples of real life people that are finding a, you know, a better way. And, you know, the lucky th thing with having only three is that now, uh, you know, each quarter we can go through all three. So we've got a monthly meeting. You know, month one is find a better way. Month two is expect the best. And we have the awesome award. We put a little twist on, uh, you know, that one, which I'll tell you about in a second. And then, uh, you know, the third month is the dirt award, which is all around do the right thing. So the awesome award is a peer to peer award. So somebody has to bring somebody up in front of the entire company. And we also do it locally. So we've got, you know, three different locations. And so there's always a local, uh, you know, award winner. So there's one in Utah, there's one in Tennessee, and there's one in Grand Rapids. And so they have to bring that uh, uh, person up, their peer, and they're handing them a week's paid, uh, you know, vacation, telling everybody why this person gets a, uh, you know, week's paid vacation, why they're awesome and why they represent the core values of comfort research. Then the last one, the DIRT Award, Do the Right Thing. That's all around how are people doing the right thing, not just at comfort research, but in life. You know, the best uh, quote I what came actually from one of our DIRT Award winners, uh, Mark Slagle. The quote he used to describe the DIRT Award was that comfort research wants good people, not just good employees. And that couldn't be more true, man. How do we cultivate and attract people that uh, we want to be uh, you know, around, people that are do just doing the right thing in life? And so we celebrate them as one of those uh, you know, awards. So this is always done at that all-company meeting. So each month, you know, we're doing this and each quarter we're able to cycle through all three awards. And uh, then next quarter we start over again. The Fab Award, the Awesome Award, the Dirt, uh, you know, Award. Each time giving a real life person with a real life example that is living our core values. And so it gives us an opportunity to talk about it, to reinforce it and celebrate those that are just building the culture. What a cool system. That's fantastic. I'd love to hear an example of a wall of fab award winner and an innovative idea that they brought to the business that now you see living out. You know, it's, it, it's been so cool because 
you know, people come up with all these crazy, uh, you know, different ideas. You know, one of our uh, last winners, it was all around a, it was a credit process that they were doing. So when, when checks come in, if a customer requests a, uh, you know, a credit for this, that, or the, you know, the other thing, how do you have a system going about uh, doing that? And she saved us hundreds of thousands of, you know, of dollars in incorrect credits, uh, you know, every year. That was one example. Another example was a guy put together a, uh, an entire safety manual for all of our uh, locations. And so that was another one of our annual, uh, you know, winners. So just people just coming up with cool ideas and, you know, it's not just doing it in the traditional, uh, you know, way, but using their imaginations, using their creativity to, uh, to do these things. Cause I think that too many times companies look to solve problems with money. We want to solve problems with people's imaginations, with their creativity. That's, that's why they're here. The one thing that will always rub me wrong and get me fired up is someone, if they're asked, why did you do it that way? It's like, well, because we've always done it that way. Well, then why the heck do we need you, man? I guess we can just get a robot, you know, and we'll just do it the same way every single time. We won't think. No, man, we get people in because of the creativity, their imaginations, and what they can, uh, you know, bring to the table. And so, yeah, we've just, we've got this, we call it the, you know, wall of fab, which one of the things we started uh, doing is just because you didn't win the award doesn't mean that you shouldn't be celebrated and thanked for living our culture and living our core values. So people that have gone out and implemented an idea, we want to celebrate them, uh, you know, too. So they can also go up on, uh, you know, on the wall of fab uh, as well as an example of people that are living our core values, which has just been really cool to see. That's so neat. So Matt, this is such a fresh perspective. It's really, really helpful for our listeners, I'm sure, and, and definitely for me too. And we have a number of leaders that listen to this show because they are striving to build a company culture that is impactful and meaningful. And usually it's going, they're going down this path of like, gosh, we have turnover that I just hate, or we have this vibe that I just want to turn around. And they're just really struggling. They're nowhere as far advanced as you are. I'd like to hear in kind of concluding here, what is your greatest suggestion for, for these struggling leaders on where do they start? I think you're giving us way more credit than we uh, deserve. We make way more mistakes. I am certainly not suggesting that, uh, you know, all our culture is perfect or the way that we're doing it is, uh, you know, is absolutely the best. No, we continue to fall on our face and we try, you know, new things, but that's part of our spirit as well of, you know, finding a better way. But where you got to start is the basics. You got to make sure that you have a set of core values that rings true. And so, the best way that uh, I can suggest that people can say whether or not they have a good set of core values, number one, don't do more than four. Number two, they need to be memorable. Number three, they need to be personal. And number four is, can you ask everybody in the company, anyone in the company, what the core values are and can they just uh, recite them back to you? So if you're able to do that, you've got a good set of core values. That is where uh, you start. Don't worry about doing anything else until you have identified that personal, memorable, small set of uh, core values that everybody remembers. That's fantastic. Matt, thanks for the fresh perspective around core values and company culture. Let's take a quick break and we're going to hear from our sponsor message today and we'll come right back. We want to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you, Matt Young, on what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. 
From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategy serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. All right, welcome back to Gut Plus Science. It's Nikki, and I'm here on with Matt Young, and we're going to just learn a little bit more about him with what we call our lightning round that we have on every show. So, Matt, if if I asked you to pick one book or your favorite book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners today, what is it? Uh, Without a doubt, it would be Start With Why by Simon Sinek, man. That guy has just done an amazing job of taking organizational, you know, thought and boiling it down into a really easy concept, which is start with why. What is your purpose? Being a purpose-driven organization. Uh, When you can get everybody around, rallying around a common purpose, you got something uh, really special and unique. Love that book. And guys, if you've never read that, go ahead and hop on YouTube and watch the video. It's one of the most well liked, you know, TED Talks of all time. So uh, wonderful, wonderful. How about a favorite vacation spot, Matt? Yeah, so uh, spent uh, my honeymoon, and this is going back a couple of years, honeymoon in uh, Hawaii and uh, in, in Maui and just had the opportunity to take my kids, uh, you know, back there. It is just, Hawaii is just an amazing place from, you know, the big island uh, with volcanoes to Oahu with Honolulu and Waikiki Beach to Maui and the road to Hana. There's just, it is just one of those special places on earth. Definitely a paradise. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Yeah. So, you know, as a kid, I grew up um, on the water on a, you know, small inland lake here in Michigan. And we uh, spend a lot of time out on the water on a a lake uh, just outside of Grand Rapids and surfing with the kids and skiing and doing all the fun, awesome stuff that is lake life. Fun. And how can our listeners connect with you after the show, Matt? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find, uh, you know. Our company is called Comfort Research. Our brand is, uh, you know, Big Joe. But I've also got a uh, blog where I talk a little bit more about culture and I talk about strategy and I talk about innovation. And that's at moldyourown.com. And uh, that that's a kind of a repository for a lot of these thoughts that I'm talking about today where we also expand on that. And then, of course, uh, you know, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn as well. And it's Matt. And then last name is J-U-N-G. You got it. Hey, thanks, Matt. What a powerful show. It's going to be hard to narrow these down into the truth you can act on section, but I've got three powerful ones today. So guys, jot this down or take a note to be able to share with a colleague and and put some of this stuff into action. It's awesome. So number one, narrow down your values. Can you list all of your core values from memory? If not, you've got too many. How can you expect to build a culture around these supposed core values if you as a leader can't even remember them and most of your people can't either? So cut them down to the few that make the greatest impact on the uniqueness of your organization. Number two, reinforce your culture. It's one thing to create effective core values. It's another to actually enforce them. The best way to do this is to establish systems and processes that uphold and promote your culture. What are the ways you can reinforce real life examples of people living out your core values? 
And number three, solve problems with creativity. Not all problems can be solved with money, yet for some reason, many organizations seem to try that. Instead of throwing money at your problems, give your people a chance to solve them using their creativity and imagination. What great examples Matt had in today's show on that. So thanks guys. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.